This is great lipstick. Check out the, I know, and like the bullet lipsticks are wild. They're all like pastel and beautiful. It's interesting to think how long humans have um, added things to beauty. I mean, I think, you know, prehistoric man was putting berries on their lips. Oh, yeah. Where? I saw from Erin Parsons, the makeup artist, mm-hmm. I saw a video that she made where it's like, I think Neanderthals were using py- like pyrite and clay, essentially, to mm-hmm. make glitter, mm-hmm. like glitter makeup. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Humans have always just wanted to look like... Mica was also a common one. Yeah. A lot of places, Mica. <clears throat> Welcome to the Art Last podcast, where we make art accessible, we hope. God, we haven't said that tag in a while. Uh, I'm Sophie. And I'm Seema. If you would like to support the podcast this week, or indefinitely, whatever you decide. <laughs> Whenever you listen to this, if you would like to sponsor. <laughs> if you would like to support us and help us grow as we go from a lo-fi production, hopefully to something in 4K. Best thing you can do is rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. And of course, we're getting our Patreon actually like up and running this week. Uh, so please follow us there where you can join us for an array of different, slightly bizarre, unhinged, but great content that's on its way. So Seema. Yes. Did you see any art this week? So, you know, I am going to do a shout out for art this week. Um, I was noticing that I get all these questions like, where do you see art? And I've had a really busy week at work. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, sometimes you just have those kinds of weeks. Everybody mm-hmm. has it. And I was noticing that a lot of the art I've been seeing lately is from a TikTok channel called The Art Revival. Oh. It used to be when when I was in the museum world, I spent a lot of time on Instagram because a lot of artists have Instagrams. Yep. And so when I was looking at art, I was just like scrolling, say, Robin Cimbala. All There's, you know, a lot of people who are kind of aggregates of art mm-hmm. on Instagram, but then also just going down rabbit holes of people going to shows to be oh, just yeah. scour art. Like there's also an Instagram vernissage TV. Yeah. You know, and um, but I haven't had the time to do that. And I admit um, there's no way Meta will ever sponsor us. So I can say this. I hate Instagram. So uh, I would never I don't think I would take sponsorship from Meta anyway. Well, they, um, um, but I was noticing how often that um, I find things that are artists. Sometimes they're artists that are new to me. And I'm not surprised because there's a million contemporary artists. So it doesn't it doesn't shock me when a contemporary artist mm-hmm. is new to me. Um but it's also sometimes artists that I already love. And I um, saw this one yesterday, I think. Do you know this artist, Sophia Bonatti? Maybe. Um, they're, I think they're Argentinian. Let's see. Maybe she Maybe she says, let's see. Oh, yeah, Argentinian. You know, Argentinian contemporary art has been a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Argentinian and Ugandan contemporary art are both quite a thing. And it's funny because they both have some real hard-edged realism. Like, hmm. but magical realism, which I always wonder if it's because both are places that life is kind of tough. But um, I really yeah. love this account because it shows you. I don't know what this. I don't know this person uh, Send it to me. personally. Yeah, um, I don't know this person personally, the creator. But what I like is that they show a number of artists 
of a, a lot of artists. So rather than saying these are people who museums say are good, they they show instead people they just like. And I do, I and I had forgotten that I liked Sofia Bonatti, and then I saw, and I <laughs> often have things where I'm like, oh, I forgot I like that artist. And then sometimes there's like new to me artists. Um, I will admit they go down um, a rabbit hole of creepy art oh. that um, I. I so like I actually have a real I'm a, I'm a very I'm a, I'm a very sensitive soul in there, um, and I can't handle a lot of creepy art. Like um, who's that person from Montreal? Um, here, I I actually think they did a video of them, and they do things where they have um, I have that trichophobia or whatever you can't see multiple uh, eyes, uh-huh. and they did one of that artist, and I was like, ooh, got got to got to zoom by that one. I can't look. <laughs> um, I can't think of his. Is his name? Uh, what is his last? Do you know who I mean with the creepy eyes? They do like four so. eyes sculptures of four eyes. I'll look for that. You tell me what your art, what you saw this week. My art, um, it's not something that I particularly saw this week, but um, I also I kind of use this section to give my art oh, wait. friends shout outs. I like that. Uh, David Altmedge. Oh, can you go? Mm, can you can you send me that on? Yeah. Up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have seen it. Oh, okay. Human spider vibes. Mm-hmm. Totally. 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 <laughs> um. Okay. So I saw this week. Uh. Not something that I like particularly saw this week, but you know, I I kind of use this section to give some of my artist friends <laughs> shoutouts. Um. So this is my mutual back in Melbourne, who I met online after moving away. Um, so on Instagram, it's Lily Holiday, and so she's like a cinematographer, and she like lives in a Wong Kar Wai film. Like it's unreal. Uh, everything she makes is so beautiful. Can you message it to me? And st- can you text it to me? Yes. Uh, copy profile URL. There you go. So I will I'll put Lily's Instagram in the show notes. Perfect. We kind of magnetized to each other immediately where Lily reached out to me and was like, I'm obsessed with your work. And I was like, my brother in Christ, I'm obsessed with your work. Because we both seem to have this ability to take a visual language that already exists and, you know, turn it into something contemporary that still like hits like it's old like Lily is especially really good at the soft kind of 50s and 60s aesthetics yep and it takes someone with a very good eye to be able to make Australia look not so much like Australia Mm. like which I think is something that Lily is is really good at like blending the the language of I suppose um the West. <laughs> um, this could. This is so interesting because this one could be anywhere. I know. I know. Like, because she's like not just a cinematographer. She's like a scout, like a location scout as well. Like she does everything. Um, and, like, you see it in, like, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, right? How they worked, like, so hard to really frame and crop all of their shots to make it look 
like a very particular era in mm-hmm. Australia. They did it really, really well. Um, like their location scouts must have worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, she's so cool. Yeah, she's amazing. It does make me think of, um, so, you know, we were playing around talking about maybe another feature um, that we'd like to try. Is this art yay or nay? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So this is, okay, gang. Eventually, we'll probably have, like, little jingles between segments, too, I imagine. But I I want this to be something that people could, like, write in with. Um and send us something and you know we'll, we'll judge it for you because you know we we like doing that we'd like to make a living off of doing that <laughs> and i was thinking about this feature and i was thinking oh we could do something like a jeff coons mm-hmm. you know but i also think that um Mm, we both do. That's a that's a nice, that's a solid universal. I love when I do Jeff Koons videos and I get or like Damien Hurst and people always say to people a lot a chunk of the audience my audience says to me, "Oh, you're just jealous." You can guess who those people are. Um, so I was thinking about there is a category that I think is really interesting mm. in TikTok, um, and I think it is sort of artful little a art which is comment sections so it's gonna be fun tell us more so like this video uh which i'll put in the show notes is it straight people it it is uh, but it's not about it's not about um so sorry i don't mean to say that with like parentheses disdain (laughs) so rude I, what I mean is I hate couples content. So this is where, this is, so this is the thing. So it, and that's why I thought this was sort of interesting because it, and this is where I think I'm going to make an argument for it. This is art, um, little a art, because okay. it is a video of where uh, this woman who seems to be the social, social, she must be social media for a company, mm. says when your boss um, sees you, is like a real person. That's basically the summary. And they're always there. He's the boss is always willing to be in her TikTok, Aww. right? Mm-hmm. And the boss is like, he's like broy. I have to. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but his look is broy. Um, like you know those tidy tidy pant joggers. Yeah, like chinos. Yeah, no, well, sometimes they're chinos, and then they're sometimes straight up like joggers. Oh, oh as a boss. I mean, but they could be in, like, fitness. I mean, who knows what they're doing, right? Mm. Um, and so, and I was thinking about it because I've been on um, a, uh, and he's also, like, a big guy. And so she, he, when he, <laughs> when he hits her, she, he's always like, she's always like, ah. Um, and as somebody who has been a boss mm-hmm. and been a staff member, I thought this is a really nice way to demonstrate that men and women can be friends. Totally. Like you can be friends. Um, I, you know, you don't need to uh, think think things about your boss. I certainly don't think things. I have never thought things about any boss I've had. Um, and so I think that what's Maybe interesting about it, yeah, right. Like yeah. I would never, I would never occur to me. It would never even occur to me. Not that I've ever had a boss 
who I've ever found attractive, I think that would be hard. Um, it's all, but also just like don't shit where you eat. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Isn't that what they say in the Navy? Anyway, um, <laughs> what we say in Australia. <laughs> so, but what I think is interesting about art is that you put it out in the world, right? And then people take what they want from it. And in this case, if it's art, well, people first decide it's art, but then they also interpret it as they will. And artists don't actually have control. There are some real controlling artists who try to control the narrative. Seema, there was someone in my grad program when we were taught this in our first semester who tried to fight the teacher for like three weeks. That they do get to control the narrative or like, about their own art? People, I, I can control how people receive my art. It's like, you fucking can't. You. Not everyone is from where you're from. Not everyone understands things the way you understand. It was just like. But uh, I do was think. Incredible. There's way. a lot of artists who come. There's a lot of people who go into art. Mm-hmm. Visual art, particularly. Maybe also other forms, but I can only focus on. I only know visual art. There's a lot of people who go in to be an asshole, right? There's a lot of people who go into the arts to be a jerk. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought it was like a demir. <laughs> It'll register, because I heard it. I know it will register. <laughs> I love that he can only hear one side of the conversation, and he's still like, fuck academics. Oh, shoot. Good morning, Joseph. He says, good morning, Joseph. (laughs) He waved. (laughs) No, academics are saints, Joe. Academics and curators are saints. Clearly. (laughs) No. Don't you know that every tenured person really cares about their jobs? To screw somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I met one professor who was like, I'm here to be able to bring, like, other people in the door behind me. And I was like, oh, "Oh, that's something I've never heard before. What a nice guy. Not a guy. Well, yeah, but I meant in the general. I want guy to be gender neutral. Can we make that? I mean, I kind of do too. Okay. But also, like, did you, like, God, we're going on a tangent. Shocking. Um, Like, bro is a neo pronoun talking about is like tiktok comments yeah my daughters all think that bro is gender neutral it my is. children do it think is. of bro and guys as gender neutral bro definitely became like a neo pronoun because yeah. of tiktok comments yeah. like it was wild yeah. um and now i mean guys has kind of always been i always thought of guys as being female or male right what an so uh, when i say nice guy i don't mean um, identifies as man. Fair enough. I did. I do want to give women credit, though. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> I think that's where, like, we're going to go back to the topic of this. But you know, so I went to a. We've talked about the school. I went to a girls' school where we thought of guys as girls as a code switching, a power empowered code switching. And I think that what happens is, though, that, and this goes back to the art world and art in general is that you are so siloed and your read is different than others so when i became an adult and i said to them what do you think of guys they thought of it as male interesting 
right? A lot of people still think guys is, it's like when we say mankind, mm. they see guys like mankind. Why should the man be the, <laughs> why should the, like, why wouldn't we say I get it. Gals? I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So Just I'm going to go back case. to my case and then you're going to vote on art, yay or right. nay. So I was, you know, thinking about this because I wanted to do a video about uh, women in the workplace. And um, so that's why I was such an art history 101 teacher. It's like, I can't get away from it. <laughs> Women in the workplace. Sorry. It's like, I can't stop. I can't stop it. Have you had your feminism today? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I do it. To, yeah. It really does suck to be my children sometimes. I mean, I'll be like, my mom, you know, we would have a, a period party when I first got my period, but you're okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. We wanted to. <laughs> COVID, though. COVID made it hard. Mm, mm. Too bad. Uh, anyway, um, but, and this is where I think it could be art, because if art is a visual media, visual art, because if it is something that somebody puts out to communicate meaning, but then it is a locus or a tool, maybe um, a communication device that goes beyond their initial intent. And so I went to the comments to actually comment, hey, maybe you, the next video should be that meme where I stopped you wearing skinny pants. So I go to make that comment, not thinking in any way, because I'm very naive that there was any subtext here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because she's like 25 and he's like my age. Yeah. And I look over... And I see that Book Talk comes uh -huh. over and is totally standing these folks. Why is Book Talk? Why? Uh, come on, Book Talk. Not everything has to Like be. the wife sweating reading these comments. Um, book Talk is here, sits and waits patiently. Uh. Love the Book Talk community. We know what's up. When I tell you, I came running to the comments and here you all were. Gang, come on. Come on now. So, little a art or not? Yay or nay? Art or not art? You know, I'm I'm inherently biased with this kind of stuff, right? Because I'm like, attention to the photograph, of course it's art. <laughs> <laughs> but... I do think in the way that, like, you know, these little things that we create, whether or not they are, you know. Well, suppose that's, like, I suppose we haven't set the parameters for art or nah, right? No, let's do it right now. Is the, are we saying, like, yes, it's art because it can be read in the way that you can read contemporary art? Is that what's happening? Like, you can see the movement of, like, something being created and then picked up and then taken into this like kind of new space of meaning, which is often what happens with like art, big A art world. And is it that it's art or is it that it's in a context and a platform where it can be turned into something? Yeah, right. I don't know. I, don't I think know. these are good questions. So next week, 
things to think about, I guess. I didn't really answer your question. Things to think about next week. <laughs> as we flesh out this new crazy segment. I'm I'm interested for people to write in. Yes. So yeah. that's why I actually said this. I would love for me not to pick art or not art, but other people who think, yeah, hey, don't put all on me. Art. I don't want to be the decider. We need Seabird here d- making those decisions too. So uh, today's topic is beauty. Huh, so appropriate. I can't. So, and it adds, Beat. it's both our art topic <laughs> and our drama topic. And that's where I was right now looking mm. at um, a variety of comments that I got um, because I did a video, a lovely woman of indeterminate age, but certainly younger than I, um, named Rhiannon, mm-hmm. posted some images of herself and some friends going out with um, no no caption at all. It did not say, hey, please tell me how I look in this dress. It did not say, men, please come and comment on my appearance. Mm-hmm. It said nothing. And it was and stitched, I believe? He, so she, y- yes. So he didn't stitch it. He just left a comment saying uh-huh. definitely a solid five. To which she replied um, very artfully um, with just images of him and her mm-hmm. and said, thank you for your opinion, though. To which um, I stitched and said, and th- this is something that has, you know, research has indicated that it is changing, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now men also are feeling uh, social media has transformed how beauty um, has, you know, like men, men's dis- needs to be men have to be. Now the looks are becoming as problematic for men as women, mm-hmm. um, but historically, in the at least in the twentieth century, but certainly longer than that, women had different beauty norms that they had to ascribe mm-hmm. to, um, uh, conform to, I should say. Then I saw, I saw men. a video this week that I wish I could send you, but it's essentially a woman talking about this, where she's like, "So now that men are like getting their knees snapped and like you know becoming a couple of inches taller and doing all this surgery and getting their ass hair implanted into their heads, makeup was never really that serious, was it? Like all of you being really angry about like women shape shifting and all this kind of shit, it was never really that serious. Because look at what you're all doing. Mm-hmm. So." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't and know that that was a thing men were doing, getting their like legs lengthened. Oh, I only so knew bad. this from this thing because a number of people. So I used this mostly just to say, leave this chick alone, right? Like she seems nice, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. But also that it's it's really a it's it's something that men do because uh, research indicates that they it's been taught to them. Yeah, right in college, like they they have this thing where they. Um, and so it made me think a little bit about connoisseurship and so and this idea that humans I think that there's actually something very similar about judging art and judging human beauty. Mm. Um, which we can talk about in a second. But I will say just back to the TikTok drama, what I loved was a number of men decided to rate me in my comments it's like vengeance which, for having for like daring to speak up how dare you, you know? speak and apparently my average on my tiktok i'm an average 2.5 or 3 which i find really funny because you know i like literally could be your mom <laughs> like, 
you know, a lot of these guys who are rating me, I'm like, dude, I don't, you're, uh, what? <laughs> that's, that, that's happened to me in lives a couple of times. Like, I had, like, some really hard teenagers come in and just try and, like, body shame me for, like, yeah. an hour. And I was like, dude, I'm assuming you're, like, 13 or 14. He was like, I'm 14. I was like, cool. I, like, am basically your teacher in any other context. I teach people your age. Like, I'm not... I don't care about your opinion. You're a child. <laughs> well, it affect me. It does. Well, that's the. That's right. That's right. Like your opinion. That's what they want, right? Their opinion to affect me. And like some guy, um, I did post uh, a video. I did post. I did post a couple of responses. One that um, my daughter said was way too subtle. Because uh, one guy said the shape shifting thing. I couldn't even find his comment to reply to, so I just did it out of. The shape shifting thing, and I and I made like a joke about how this is a canon event, <laughs> and then um, but it might have yeah yeah my daughter was like that that was that whatever all those guys had. But then the other one was a man who told me that I was saying this because I've been hurt by a man. You should just like pull him into frame and be like Exhibit A, I guess. That's right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I actually blocked him, so God only knows if he um, saw it. But um, so funny it is, and it's Who like cares? the kind of things. But the kind of the thing I think that is important out of this is lots of like, wh- why do why do men feel like why does people feel like they can judge other people's looks? Because beauty has morality behind it. Like the it, idea of say beauty. more, <laughs> say more. Um, beauty is explicitly tied to morality, right? And this is why people are always like so fucking shocked that people like Ted Bundy exists, right? Like he was pretty, but he was a necrophiliac serial killer, but people trusted him because he was attractive, right? And I really do think that it all goes back to colonial beauty standards where being white, clean, quote-unquote, even though we know that a lot of white people don't bathe properly because of this, being white, clean, with a hairline that kind of like is sculpted and round like this, not coming forward, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the baby hairs, Mm -hmm. being sin for the most part although we are kind of seeing a bit of a swing at the moment to like slim thick i suppose appreciation but we are going back to the like heroin chic as well at the same time Mm -hmm. um that was my childhood yes that was mine too i really do think that there is this idea that attractive people have better morals better values because they aren't fat and they can control themselves, right? That's one. There's putting in effort, right? You have the money, the ability to be able to, like, look a certain way and look nice. Which is, like, the Ozempic fad right now, right? I think that people allow themselves to judge others by physical characteristics because we have this culture that gives beauty and the concept of beauty far a far greater weight than I think it ever deserved. So I feel like... So one of the things I think about is, yes, I think there's moral aspects about it, but I, I mean, I also wonder, 
I mean, how much of it is just human to judge visuals, right? We Our brains make snap judgments yeah. based on visuals. And I do think, like, I think, like, I'm trying to think, I've been thinking a lot about that trend that I don't have the filter, but uh, let your brain forget what you look like filter. I hate that trend. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about that one because, you know, so so people often make these assumptions that we like uh, men have a uh, men like a hip to um, waist ratio because of birthing babies or mm -hmm. large breasts because of nursing, and um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I think that would be very hard to see if that is true because we don't have prehistoric records, really, right? We don't have waist. We have hip, but not waist. But also, like nursing who. <laughs> is my thing because <laughs> like a lot of these men don't want children so like hmm. they want their mommies exactly um, exactly <laughs> uh but so i but i do think you know the one the one of the options for that beauty trend is that your jaw gets wider right like that's mm -hmm. um and there's that there's a book i read a while ago about breathe and if we ate as much roughage basically as early man, we would have much broader jaws. And I think about, well... All that masticating. Yep, all that masticating. And I would think like, well, so if somebody had... What I think is interesting is, but would they still find that attractive, right? Like, it's the thing that I find interesting is a lot of these arguments about what I find attractive they're always trying to make it biological, right? They're trying to say, like, it's a thing, but it's, I it's don't think it's not a fucking sexual construct to be attracted to biological things anyway. Yeah, like, I don't think it is, right? I don't think we, yeah. like, I look at that face and I was thinking, is there an alternate reality where that is considered beautiful? I, it's so... Thought, I always find thought experiments like this so difficult, it's like I could sit down and I can like go through academic theory and I or I'll learn a new language and I can do these things where I can like feel synapses firing and like my brain shifting and changing and expanding. Like I can physically feel it happening. Mm -hmm. And then there are thought experiments like this where I try and imagine a world outside of the constructs that we live in and it just feels so extraordinarily difficult and inaccessible and it's kind of like that idea that like it's easy easier to picture the end of the world than it is to picture the end of capitalism mm-hmm mm -hmm. i agree with that actually yeah because i don't that one i particularly agree with um is it a Zizek quote i know who it is but i don't i mean i know the quote but i don't know who said it um but so because i hear what you're saying but like let's go down this road yeah right where and I, the i mean it could not be that we, you know, because we they masticate better. It could be that that filter becomes so popular, mm. right? That people go for that. They start seeing something in there. Well, it's like the Kim Kardashian effect, right? Right. Like there was a certain kind of beauty that did not exist. And Kanye West was like, nope, I'm bringing her into the Hollywood space. None of you can stop me. And like made her a fashion icon. Well, and she remade her body in that form. She's a sculpture herself, no? Yeah, no, she is. I mean, right? Like, Kim Kardashian's body is basically a sculpture. Art or nah. 
That's a good one. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> next week. Next week. Next, next week. week. Let's do it. Oh. Next week. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you got to come back next week. Mm. Um, that's a really good one. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but let's, you know. Oh, someone, I, if we put that on the internet, someone's going to be like, this is so anti-feminist, calling her a sculpture and an object. And I'll be like, are you sure? I like your American accent. <laughs> um, so I, but I, th I think that the reason I bring up this thought experiment harder, easy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how we get to the point that let's pretend that that beauty, that we forget what your brain looks like, filter is becomes attractiveness. Mm -hmm. And I think that it brings up the point that the reason, to me, the thing about beauty and the morality aside is that the reason that beauty, people can judge beauty partly is because they already know the rules. Mm. They don't know they know the rules, but they know that like that filter is wrong because we don't see that as attractive. And if that became attractive, not like overnight, but grew like the Kim Kardashian or like muscly women, right? That became more and more attractive. I love muscle mummies. Um, but like, you know, I think that we, because beauty changes, um, incrementally mm -hmm. that we uh, in a society already know the rules. And so we are actually basically connoisseurs and of beauty, you know, in, in certain ways, like our choice of who we think is beautiful is similar to the work of a curator in deciding what is valuable. Right. And it's also like curators don't curators often have for their homes completely different stuff because they're seeing value just as you people might be with somebody who they don't is not their ideal of beauty, but somebody that they love. Remember, gang, art is a business. Right. 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 So like, yeah. So like they might they might think like that is the most beautiful woman, but I have a I'm more interested in X, yeah. a human. I'm actually interested in a human. Now, that doesn't always happen, but, you know, it can happen. And um, I bring it because I think that one of the things for me about all this beauty discourse and the rating system <sighs> is that so many of the people who rate women are also the people who'd be like, art's stupid. I don't get art. And I'm like, you know what? You're basically doing what the what people do in the art world. Well, this is actually, depending on when this episode comes out, this might come out two weeks after the Hannah Gatsby one. Uh, what you were saying in the Hannah Gatsby episode, which is that, like, the objectification and sexualization of women that Picasso did is not unlike what women have to do, f like, to themselves in order to gain traction on the internet. Mm -hmm. Such a cogent point. I turned it into a soundbite to put on the internet. Oh, I love the internet. <laughs> I love the, the internet. internet loves you. No, no, not all the internet. <laughs> There's a lot of the internet who hates me. People sometimes say, how did you get on my feed? I blocked you. As if, like, I have gone into their phone and I've blocked them. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't changed anything. I don't know what um, I said Elio a video the other day from, like, some young white gay, essentially. Uh, and he was like, oh, I can't see it. I wonder if I blocked him. And he was like, no, I didn't block him. Turns out this guy had blocked Elio. <laughs> and we are like, ooh, I wonder why. What's the tea? You know, I don't, 
I have yet to find. I'm sure there's. Pl- I mean, there's probably plenty of people who have blocked me. Oh I don't. Wanna, I can't imagine the number of like angry white people who blocked me from Australia who are like fuck nonsense. Yeah. I do pretty proactively block people these days. Oh my god, I've been having to block people in order to fix my algorithm. I still have the worst algorithm I've ever had. I'm so sorry. But, okay, so to to go back to beauty, I think that that's the other part of this. To go back to the connoisseurship thing and art, mm. I think that one, so one thing, so these guys who rate things and, so connoisseurship is a word that people don't, it's like an old-fashioned word, right? Because people don't want to say it because connoisseurship has a lot of colonial it's from, and it's from, um, right? patriarchal, yeah, and pa- colonial and patriarchal and um, capitalist, I would say, soft capitalism. Um, yeah, <laughs> vibes going with it. But, you know, <laughs> the idea of connoisseurship underlying it, I think there's, I think there's a kernel of usefulness in it, which is that mm-hmm. in the art world, that you basically become a connoisseur, you become a specialist, you become a, somebody who understands and can kind of tell when there's quality. And I think part of the thing that's the problem, of course, is quality um, becomes defined by the mass, right? Like that's, it's like that you don't quality because of that. It, the 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 um, connoisseurship in the art world has what's created sort of um, homogeneity. Um, it often decreases minority voices. It it makes sameness, right? Um, because it's but, trends, it's right? Trends. Right? It's like right? Like Kim Kardashian effect thing. Like it's trends. Exactly. 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 It's sort of why I always think it's really interesting um, that so many museums have Tang Dynasty art mm-hmm. um, over, say, and I mean part of it is what's available. Mm-hmm. Um, but like over, say, um, Han Dynasty. Now there's much less Han Dynasty art in the world, but um, but a lot of people think of Tang Dynasty as so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tang Dynasty is more realistic. It's more, it, it takes a lot of those things and it fashions them in a, you know, more complex way maybe, but it's not necessarily better or worse, right? Mm-hmm. But in connoisseurship, I think we often will say that, that it's this idea of progress to an art. Yeah. What years was the um, Tang Dynasty? Uh, like around the 600s. Let's go look at it. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute since I taught non-Western. Sometimes I just like to test Seema's knowledge, gang. That's what I'm doing. Okay, so 600s to 900s. I knew it started. Oh, see, she got it. Um, but, but I think that, yeah, I've been making all of this up this whole time. Mm. And um, turns out you've never been an art history teacher. I've never. I've never walked into a museum. It's really weird that I've had this platform. It's odd. I've never even seen it. Just a get museum. on the internet and say shit and suddenly this happened. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, but I think that... So those are all the negatives of connoisseurship. Those are also true, though, of judging beauty, right? Like, you often have the status quo. You often have trends that go into it. Mm-hmm. But in the positive for me about understanding art and connoisseurship is that you become a connoisseur by seeing a lot of stuff and thinking critically about it. So, you know, that you, you know, you can, and I, and I, I can say, like, I, I've never, so I was a, I'm basically a generalist because if you work in an encyclopedic museum and in interpretation, you're a generalist more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like, you have to start with a field, 
But so I wouldn't say that like I'm a fine connoisseur of any particular thing, but I probably have a base level connoisseurship of a lot of things. And I remember years ago going to Antiques Roadshow. Uh, they were filming in Cleveland, and I got tickets to go. And oh my god! And I so don't fun. It was so fun, but I was like, uh, like I said, I wouldn't say that like you know I'm a particular specialist in in anything, but I'm definitely turns out a pretty good look at crap there was so much crap there like so much crap and i was like that's not worth anything dude that is so not worth anything um uh you know you go in like you'd see people online there is those poor antiques roadshow people are just inundated with shit inundated with tourist crap like the vast majority of stuff is stuff that was given as like tourist stuff yeah it's like like, 0.1 percent that ends up on tv right yeah yeah yeah. they're very not i like i have to say i don't know we had gotten tickets somebody knew somebody there's one of the people who's often on it is from ohio and um yeah he's very nice wes cowan Mm -hmm. he's a very nice man um but (laughs) i don't know that he would know me i mean i've met him a couple times but i don't know that he would know me but he is a very nice man um and and he and I saw him, and I've seen a number of the other ones at that, at that session, mm-hmm. talk to people, and they were very nice about it, because I sure as hell would be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this obviously looks like crap, but it's also have no filter. obvious to me, because I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? And like somebody, sometimes people tag me on, like, somebody finds an antique on TikTok, and I usually don't reply to it because I'm not I don't I'm not appraiser and so I don't want to get into that situation because actually you're supposed you have to be qualified to be an appraiser so I don't I don't have that qualification so I usually don't reply, um, mm. but I also think it's because I I to me sometimes things are so clearly obvious because I've seen a lot of stuff and I think that I say this because I do think that's part of what happens in the judging of beauty on social media platforms. It is plainly obvious that I am not um, a, the build of a Playboy model. Me either. Yes. Um, but it beca- and it becomes so plainly obvious. So people are rating people because they're doing actually what a curator does because it's so obvious to them that I don't look blonde. Mm. Mm. Right. In the same way that it is so obvious to a curator that that is not actually Tang Dynasty, but a fake. A lot of fakes exist. right? (laughs) And this is like, and it's, and this, mm, man, this has just made my, my brain go. Because now I'm starting to think about like those conservatives who can always tell when someone's trans and like those people who have this understanding of themselves that they know what gender is and they know what it looks like and they know what a woman is and they know what a man is and they know what all these expressions are. They get it wrong most of the time. Like, almost exclusively. That's such an interesting thing because we we know a number of people who are trans, like, in the Mm -hmm. arts community um, and, or, you know, have, you know, worked with people or whatever. And I never... Uh, something something will happen and my husband will be like you know I, I just think it's must be hard to be working in x field and have to work with all those conservative people when you're trans and i'll be like who's trans <laughs> and it's not because i'm not like saying i don't want to decrease their experience i'm not saying it that way what i'm saying is that i know though in myself whatever you say you are to me i'm like cool yeah 
Like I don't, I don't really. It. I mean, uh, like I mean, like I don't really. I guess I don't think I know people better than they tell me they are. Like I not like you know it's not like I'm I like. But are you very, very Australian? Very very rare quality uh, in people, especially in bosses and like people in higher positions, right? Who's like, I'm not a boss anymore. I'm <laughs> just a regular old worker. But yeah, no, I. You know what? I actually think it's because I was once a boss. I actually think it is about being a boss, though. I think it's also because when you work and teach with a lot of people, you have to get to the point where you're like, all right, that's what you said. Great. Yeah. I think that it's a whole skill. You get bogged down as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like people will say, do you think this? I was like, ah, time to think about that. Yeah. But it's like it's a specific thing that happens on TikTok a lot where conservatives will find queer people and go like. Uh, blah 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 you'll never be a man blah 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 it's like well uh i was born a man and i'm transitioning to be a woman so thanks bud really appreciate it yeah there is somebody who um gets those kinds of comments and she i don't think her i don't know what her content's about but she did a video that i really liked recently and i keep people keep um liking my comments so i keep seeing the video in my feed <laughs> i actually don't maybe she's maybe i can find her um she did a really good video about um literature i don't know if uh, she, she's always she looks like she's in new york city you never know her um yeah you don't know but um it's like scaffolding must be the city <laughs> yes but she because she, she's one of those ones who's like walking down the street Oh, like uh, FaceTime style content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she- Alien style. Yeah, yeah, exactly like Alien. And um, I don't know what like her vibe was, but it just, the video popped up on my feed and it was about um, the reason that people think that um, uh, characters are gay is, is because they haven't made the female characters- I saw this. I saw okay. this. They haven't, uh, yeah, so like- uh, I know exactly the content creator you're talking about. Recently, okay. ended up on conservative TikTok. Oh, yes, and so and there yeah. and and uh, her pronouns are she, her, and so this video was very good, and I thought it was a very good video. And I looked at the comments, and people were like, "But you're a man." Yeah. So, and that's one of the really heinous things. Like, if you don't pass as cis, people like curate you out of like existence, right? And that's like, uh, uh, God, it's like one of those things we saw with that fucking Kelly chick, right? The trans yes, girl. Yes, yes, Where she was like, her whole like existence was like hinged on passing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her whole yeah. like ability to even like flirt with the idea of being on the right. She's a centrist now, by the way. She's totally going to be a fucking libertarian. I can feel it. I can feel it. It's coming. But, like, you know, the only way that she could have entertained that was by, you know, passing. Um, Oh, and she also came on Twitter recently and was like, oh, yeah, the apology that I issued was bullshit. It's like, we know. Where are you there? So much of that also is defensiveness. Like, I have to work very hard because I misgender you often. And I hate it. And I work really hard on it and I change. And, like, but I'm always correcting myself. I'm always correcting myself. But it's me feeling bad about me doing it wrong. For me, I think that when these people are commenting about it, it's their feelings. It's not your feelings. It's my feelings. I feel like it's hard. I, but I, work, I mean, I work on it like all the time and 
Um, but I think it's a lot of these things and even the judging of people on their beauty. And that's where I think it's so interesting because mm. even in art, people judge things based on proving that they know something someone else doesn't, which is exactly mm. like men judging beautiful women lower because they feel bad about themselves. It's still about themselves. So much yeah. curatorial work is yeah. just about themselves trying to feel smart. Not all. There's lots of good curators. But on some level, it is also trying to find the next new thing, saying that I am the person who nominates what is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the determine. I determine. Right. I'm the decider. I'm the decider. I'm the decider. <laughs> I'm Mr. Manager. <laughs> um. But I do think, you know, you this sort of idea, even the, the conservatives who, who can never be fooled, um, <laughs> that, that that is even very much like this idea that, um, you know, that I will, curators will always know or the art world will always know what's good. What's I right, though. I no, don't, of course not. Um, I'm so I'm so tired. I'm so tired of living in these systems. I'm so tired. Um, That's always the answer, dude. I know. I like. I feel like at the at some point in every episode, I'm like, oh, I'm so over it. <laughs> um, You're really selling people on art. <laughs> well, I'm more just. I'm just over the social constructs that we live in, and just like men. Um, I feel like I wore the most appropriate shirt in my collection today for the beauty episode, fat bitch. <laughs> but I think that one of the things that I've also seen on TikTok this week is that girl who was like, how did we go from this in the 90s to this? And then she shows like a magazine editorial with like some mid-sized fat people, you know, like people my size. Oh, I stitched it. You did? Okay, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen your stitch. God, I've seen everyone else's fucking stitch but yours. Is that the Calvin Klein app? No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, so, and this is like, I just think, obviously it's connected to like the Kim, the, like the rise of Kim Kardashian and like Slim Thick and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But, you know, a lot of people now with like body positivity, which is kind of being co-opted, co but like body neutrality, there are people who are changing their understanding of like what beauty is slowly but surely um and that's actually I know like personally I think we've spoken about this before but I did this with my own Instagram feed like five years ago mm -hmm. I was so tired of feeling like shit and comparing myself so, like, you know, existing within those frameworks of, and, like, trying to curate myself into a space rather than the other way around, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I just started really listening to, like, what my body and my brain was telling me when I was going through my feed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything that made me feel bad or gave me, gave me, like, icky feelings, I got rid of. So, and I also started... Mm -hmm. uh, disengaging with hate following so when you follow someone like purely to be like oh man oh i don't what, do what a fuck i don't do it either mm -hmm. i think i used to have a couple of accounts where i was like Ugh. yeah but that's like a real a real genuine like phenomena and thing that people kind of get caught up on right hateful right oh yeah 
There's a couple of people who do it for me. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of decided that I didn't want, I wanted to change what I understood to be attractive and worthy and worthwhile. So I just kind of started curating my feet mm -hmm. to be people who looked like me. Mm -hmm. And I tried to find mm -hmm. people who looked like me or who was similar to me in a way. Mm -hmm. And it really, really fucking fundamentally like changed my headspace. I, That's awesome. I'm yeah. trying to find like I was trying to find some historical advertisements. Oh god, the leg shaving ones are so bad. Oh, I know. Because I think that what you're talking about is exactly that. That um what you're saying is finally we're at a position where our apps can be curated so that we're not put bringing into our brains things and i was trying to find a really Make good capitalism work for you right <laughs> right um but how much it is problematic and with tiktok you know you never, you don't always know what you're going to get served right yeah because you can be on fat liberation tiktok one minute and have people being like old diets are bullshit and we've known this for a really long time and then the next minute you'll get someone be like this is my Ozempic weight loss journey. Like, I think it's interesting. I'm looking at, you know, some of those 90s advertisements to talk, but I can't, I can't find it while we're talking. So I'll have to look and put it in the show notes later. But I think that what you just, the last part, what you said is also very true, that we're stuck because even if you try your hardest to curate it, um, you end up with cuckoo stuff in there. And even, and, but, but this is where I've I think- I've the weight loss hashtag and I still get it. I still get that content. Like it is yeah. a very, very deliberate move, like from these companies, because what is a is I, huge industry. I never get it. I always get um, anti-aging skin. See, I think that they like look at you through your camera and feed like insecurity stuff to you. I really do. I really do. It is interesting. I think what actually happens is that you 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 have a reaction because you've yeah. been fed this a long time. And so you watch it longer, and so it it keep, keeps you getting it. Because, like, I always have said this, that I, I think, I like... skip past every weight loss thing I see, and it still gets... Fascinating. I think for me, hot. as somebody who, you know, I think also beauty and beauty norms are so different. So I would say that, like, I would say that I am really very, like, bland-looking in India. Like, I'm not at all pretty in India. I'm... I'm land i'm not particularly fair i'm not particularly anything um i am i am the most average girl um maybe even like below average in the states no, i mean it's neither here nor there i don't live in india but i would not say that i am anybody who would ever turn any head in india at all you know um, like the british and indian girlies yeah that you know it's funny though even the bridgerton indian girls Mm -hmm. I, I think it's interesting because the girl who's the younger sister. Mm. She's pretty like Western looking, right? I don't know. I think, I don't know. The one who's the sister who's the famous one. I don't know which one I would call Western looking. But uh, uh, I remember we spoke in the Bridgerton episode, the younger sister who's fairer has. Yeah, she's fairer. She's yeah. fairer. I think she would be considered in like, Tom I think she'd be beautiful in India. I don't know. I'm not Tamil, so I don't know. But that's my guess. Because she has more of like a, like a, like a, she has like a more soft face. Yeah. Whereas I think that the, the taller girl who goes, whose name is Simone, 
in real life. Uh, I, I don't remember the other one. She's a model though, right? Yeah. She, I think, would be not considered beautiful. She's darker well, um, in India. Fair and lovely is a really big thing in India. It really yeah. is. It is indeed. It is indeed. But I mean, like, I am dark from my ethnicity. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I'm not necessarily dark for Indians, right? If I was like, if they were the lining people up, I wouldn't be on the darker side. Mm. Um, and I think, I mean, that's neither here nor there, but I think for, but I didn't grow up in India, right? I grew up in the States and I grew up in a fairly vibrant Indian community. So it's not like, I think that there are Indian Americans who grew up the only Indian. And so their beauty and their feelings of beauty is about the fact that there's no one to measure. There's, a, there's just measurements are different, right? There's no representation. Uh, right, right. But I didn't grow up like that. I grew mm-hmm. up with plenty of very, very pretty Indian girls. Um, but I do think being somebody who's a minority also impacts. And there's lots of minorities. So, you know, there's also, I think, like lots of ways to feel like a minority. You could be a minority by your sexuality. You could be a minority by your body build or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that also impacts it because the other thing about this judgment is that they're judging you against a standard that you ha- has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And even to, to go back to this metaphor of the art world, I think the other thing about this sort of thing that people don't understand is is this art, to go back to the beginning and why I wanted to start with Yeyune this week, is because um, the other thing I think that really makes is hard for people is those people who are judging art, like in the art world, capital A art world, are judging a category of art. It's like, literary fiction and then there's a whole nother there's whole other worlds of art where they're making things for they're making things because they want to make it for a different reason they do not want to be in a museum they don't have any of that and in many ways that's also the thing that's very hard on the internet when men judge women for their looks because we're we're in different worlds here i don't we're not i'm not looking for you to tell me I want to make it very clear to our listeners as well. I think a lot of people listening will know this, but like your breadth of understanding of the art world and history is not common. And like the idea that people work in the arts and kind of have this huge scope of understanding simply isn't true. Like people work in genres. Correct. Very much. Correct. And like you are, that's why when I found your content, I was like, she needs podcasts. Holy shit. I have never seen anyone who can do it with art in the way that you do, like art and culture. It's Oh, thank you. What a nice compliment. I will say that I think it happens in museums. It's usually the interpretation teams. It's the teams that have to figure out how to get people to understand an exhibition. Yeah, people who have to translate the academic nonsense. Um, But I think what's interesting is, and I think, you know, who have like a have to basically be meta all the time. Um... Which is it's interesting. In some ways, we are like people who are social media pundits, right? When they look at social media and they're like, well, these are the trends that are happening. Mm-hmm. Trendcasters. We're the trendcasters of the museum world. I like that, though. And it's necessary yeah. because, like, you guys didn't exist. See? See? Guys, gender neutral. See that game? Yeah, that was see? a neo-pronoun. Yeah. If you guys didn't exist... These spaces would be so extraordinarily out of touch. Like, nothing would ever... We only have so much power. I know. I know. But, like, nothing nothing would ever read in a way that, like, brings people in the door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
my summary about this and thinking about this episode is that so it is normal to judge other people. You humanly might do it. But for humans, you should keep it to yourself. For art, feel free to say it out loud. Because in some ways, the big difference is art is inanim inanimate. So you don't need, it doesn't matter what you say. It's not going to hurt the art. It's also made a lot of the time to be consumed, whereas people mm. are not. True. Like, and you know, some art obviously is just made for the sake of being created. And that's like where I think the intersection of really great artistic practice lives, which is where you're creating for the sake of creating, but then it goes out and takes on its own life form when it is given to the public, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People don't exist for your comfort, your consumption, your entertainment, your like confirmation bias. Just get the fuck out of here. Just like... And also, and this is where, like, you know, I I take real issue with the idea of calling people NPCs. Um, mm -hmm. I hate that too. It's it's awful. It's I think it really allows people to dehumanize the people they see on the street. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like, and this is why I love coming back to the idea of like I've never had an individual experience. Blah 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 blah. This app shows me that you know all of like I we're all living the same life. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we are, and that's a really good thing to acknowledge because then you can recognize that everyone passing you on the street has like this vast internal world where they've loved, they've lost, they've hated, they've gained things, they've come to these like spaces and understanding, and that's all happening inside their little head and that's happening to everyone all around you all the time i do think that men get to like plod through life a bit more have you seen that series of that girl who's like organizing her boyfriend's closet in the mornings and like no okay okay there's this girl she's from i think she's from the uk but she's like doing this social experiment on her boyfriend right where she will go into his closet and like separate the hangers where where two shirts are and she's like he's gonna pick whatever is here because there's a gap in the hangers she's like five for five every day he just gets up sees a gap and is like oh I'll wear this i don't i it's it's actually really interesting i'm kind of like <gasps> he just he like he, he doesn't doesn't consider like how he has to look you know he's just like oh cool shirt i will say i now that i work remote like rarely think about how i look ah <sighs> talk talk to us about working from home Oh my god! I I do think it's really interesting how many people. I mean, we've talked about how people talk about our looks often on TikTok, but I was thinking about how for some people the fact that I look like a schlub in my videos, and it's funny because I I kind of do. I'm always wearing the sweater, um, but because it's the sweater I wear around my house. So and, you're a schlub, but every girl who crochets something is cool. Come on. There's some cool sweaters on the internet. Um, but I do think, well, I think also because I was in the arts where you had to look, I mean, I used to look, like I had a style, right? Like I had, I had. Yeah, all you look. were wearing color in a world full of like. Yeah, exactly. Black, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I had to look a certain way, right? And so I think it's funny that sometimes people comment that um, they like how authentic I look. <laughs> They say it in a different way, but I always think it's so funny. Oh, I like that you like will do it like your hair sticks up. And I think it's so interesting. It's not partly because, I mean, I think this is the other, to go back to what you said about art. Mm -hmm. Art is meant to be judged. 
are just made and expected to be judged. Yeah. Whereas that's its purpose. Humans, yes, that's its purpose. And yeah. humans' purpose is not to be. And I think that's where beauty makes sense, like judging, rating art on a one to 10 makes sense. Humans were not born to be beautiful. That's actually not why we were here on Earth. Gosh, I wish I could figure out why we are here. Yeah, I don't know either. I that I don't like... have the answer to. <laughs> we should. That's what we're going to put. That's the clip for today. <laughs> why, are, why the hell are we on Earth? <laughs> Getting super existential. Uh, look, I think about space all the time. I consume a fair bit of like just like space update content. Like as- astronomy updates. Um, are we alone? Like, are we alone? Oh, and why? There's art. Like, I mean, I guess it'd be interesting if to be in a another. You were talking about how hard it breaks your brain. What if we were in an environment where beauty, where we d- did not have a concept of beauty? Everything would be different. Yeah. Would we make art if there was no concept of human beauty? I really don't know. I really. And would that just like breed a world of narcissists? Because one of the most like human things is to be able to lend yourself to someone else's creation and get lost in something that someone else made and to find yourself in someone else's expression. Like if there was no concept of, it's like a weird paradox. Oh, if there was no concept of beauty, let see, it's just like we can't get my brain going like this. So if, let, so let's say, I do think there would be art if there was no concept of beauty because art isn't all only about beauty. No. But it might be a concept of like, I mean, instead art might be judged by utility, by scale, by weight, by, you know, like it'd be something we don't even realize that we could judge art by. Would realism have its heyday then? No. See, I actually think it would be the opposite. If it's not enough beauty... It might be about, about being really good at communicating feelings. What if feelings are the thing that's the most important thing in society? Being able to be emotive and expressive and... What if like being emotionally available is the most important it thing? Would be, it would be a imagine, neurodivergent paradise. <laughs> neurodivergent paradise. Oh my God. Walking into an art museum would be like... A, it would be like TikTok, right? Because you're immediately met with all of this like kind of people and emotion and realness because like that like, app is like a fucking dopamine coin slot machine. Yeah. oh my god more 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 no, the gamble weird. more more no it is the gamble right <laughs> even just as a content creator like posting something to see if it'll oh, get me to take a break again I'm yeah like... yeah i'm getting close i'm getting close to the break i think it's okay. though my, my my daughter was like you know the problem is like i'm so compulsive She's like, you always say that. You said you were going to take a break at 150,000 followers, and I don't know when I got to 150. I don't remember. A few weeks ago. And so she was like, you're going to take a break, and you're almost at 175. And I was like, okay, but I just want to get to 200. I had just been posting every day for a year, and I was like, man, I'm going to give myself a break, like try and restructure, put some more effort into the art lust stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you get the thing where it reminds you of the post you made a year ago? Yeah. I find that so fascinating to like see me back. Too. Me too. Me too. Well, because I, I look really different for one. Mm. Like my hair really changes my face. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. way I speak has really changed. Like mm-hmm. the like the pace and the tone. Mm. Um, I'm still arrogant as fuck. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? This is again about the beauty thing. I don't know that I've seen a change. Because mm-hmm. I've seen the whole thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think this is the other like, thing. Like, watching your kids about... grow up, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. you're tall. 
That's right. That's right. Like, I think that's the other thing about art that's hard for people is if they are not watching art progress, mm. seeing a lot of it, they don't, don't know where it comes from. That's yeah. why they can do beauty because he knows what it's supposed to look. He has like all the metrics, right? He can say, this is what attractive is supposed to be. This is what I'm judging on. These are all the mm. rules. And this is where we came from, right? Like it used to be that, um, I don't know, super skinny girls were in and now we like, what was the phrase you used? Heroin chic. No, the one about now somebody who is not super skinny. Uh, mid-size? Mid-sized. You used a different phrase, but oh, mid-sized. Slim thick. Slim thick. That's mm. it. That's it. That's it. Because uh, it's like you, you're thick in like the quote-unquote right places. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just know that academically. Nah. <laughs> I just like... I think there's a social experiment in there somewhere. If like enough people agreed to just like push the idea of something being attractive. Yeah. You could could create a trend. You could create like, I mean, we saw it happen. We saw it happen with Kim Kardashian. Like I just, I refuse to believe it isn't possible with like literally any quality, you know? All right. So that's a good place to end because next week we're going to talk about if Kim Kardashian is art or not. Um... (laughs) As part of our new segment, Art, Yay or Nay, um, and then we'll be cancelled from the internet. But um, do you have a media recommendation? I do. And I think okay. that, um, geez, that came out strong. I do. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, uh, I actually, it's funny, I should have, I was actually going to recommend this for the Nanette uh, Hannah Gatsby episode, or pa- Pablo Matic. Because it is kind of like, it has the same cadence of like looking at things from all perspectives. It's also a really great recommendation this week. I might have recommended it before, but it's an eternal kind of comeback to, you know, I love Kaja Silverman, the photo theorist. Uh, She's got a book, The Threshold of the Visible World. So she's a psychoanalyst and also a photo theorist, which is like a delicious combination for my brain. And she, in The Threshold of the Visible World, kind of goes through and details like from the point of view of a psychoanalyst that you can actually shift and change what you perceive to be attractive lovable worthy of your time and attention just by curating what you look at if you consume she basically makes a point if you consume something enough you will start to find it attractive so that is fascinating and it goes to what i was going to recommend which is um Thanks to my new camera, I definitely don't have my glasses. And so therefore, I have to read this. Um, So I would recommend, but with a grain of salt, uh, Chloe Lee's If Only You. And Chloe Lee has a series of books, uh, the romance novels about a family, a sort of neurodivergent. I don't know if they're all are. They're all, I think, I think somebody in every book is neurodivergent if I remember correctly, seven siblings or something. And it's a romance. So diff- There's so many. Uh, and they're all like super athletic and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I was thinking about it because I was reading the one. It was about a hockey player. And a pa- and I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't read romance until much later in life. Um, so I didn't know this because I have met many a hockey player. I'm in a cold region. Um, and as a kid hockey players were some of the jerkiest people and they were like kind of uh you know known to be um 
predatorial. So I I avoided hockey players as a general rule as a kid. Um, and didn't find and I and they're also like always like in sweaty rinks and kind of like just like there's no I never saw them as personally like the hottest guys on town. But apparently a kind of masculinity I would try to avoid. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my vibe. But um, the it has a chokehold on the romance genre. Woo! Really? Uh, yeah. And I guess I read somebody Hockey? said it's yeah. There are like vastly more ho- hockey romances than hockey players in the world. There has to be. Because I, at first I was like, how is this happening? Because I grew up in a place where hockey was a thing. It's a thing. Um, like we have a hockey rink around the corner. Man, I mind something new every time I talk to you. Hockey romance. So it's a big deal. And at first I didn't understand. And I was like, what is going on? Because like people don't even, it's like we've, I don't know, we were talking about something and my daughter, like, we were talking about how, like, my daughter was saying that you have to be from a place where it is too cold to do anything in the winter to care about the hockey. Because <laughs> we're in Chicago and they have a hockey team and we were, you know, talking about that. And I do, I didn't know, like, I don't think it, I didn't think people in, like, Arizona are playing hockey. How, why would they care about professional hockey? Well, it turns out, apparently, the reason that hockey romance is very popular is because hockey players hail from places like Minnesota and Saskatchewan and places that are largely white because I guess the hockey players and it's true that I I don't know that many players of color so Mm -hmm. that when you read it when you pick up a romance and you want a white person and a white person you pick hockey because they're all white (laughs) I mean historically now I think that they've they've branched out in the hockey I think they've even learned something about America today um, sure did. But I'm also wondering if this is why, like, because in Australia we have field hockey. Um, yeah, we do too. But boys play field hockey? No, it's like a girls thing. Yeah, here. Um, it's big. It's big. So I'm, I'm wondering Both if that's why. Well, I'm wondering if that's why there's like a lesbian trope of like lesbians play field hockey. Oh, I don't know. I know that part of the reason that like rugby, female rugby, female, uh, is because they're all played at girls' schools. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. It's easy to be a lesbian at a girls' school, supposedly. I, I don't think that's actually coming from first-hand experience. Yeah, right. yeah. That's what, that's what I was saying. So I, that's maybe why. Just because, like, you know, just, um, think, of, just think of like orange is the new black. Uh, that's yeah. all you really need to know. No, it's, it's just it's, like horn, horny teens in proximity no, to right. each other, no matter the gender. Will that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so the reason I brought up the <laughs> Chloe Lee series mm-hmm. is because one thing I do think that's interesting is and it actually goes exactly to what you were talking about is uh, the hockey player trope is what i was thinking about is that i really could care less about hockey Mm. um and then in these hockey player tropes and in chloe lisa's series they all have these are all deep deep people they have deep thoughts inside um and you find them to be you know deeper and more interesting and and it is i mean they also all are basically fairly conventionally attractive not like not, I mean, they're a little bit on the like outlier, but basically mm-hmm. conventionally attractive. But I think one thing that is interesting to me, and Chloe Lewis is a good writer, um, is that those books, and I think they're very successful. Her series is very successful because they they really focus on the idea that something about a human other than they look is attractive. 
And I do think what we've been talking about and what's really hard about humans is that we focus on looks. We focus on looks in the visual arts. We focus on like in, on the object, the, how it looks. And we focus on looks in looking at other humans on attractiveness. And what I do like about this series in every book, it is about a person inside. Hmm. And I think that the problem, of course, is this is and this is kind of a universal of knowing humans, but also knowing art, getting to know it deeper is harder. Yeah. Right. And that's why people don't do it. That's why people don't really get art. They're not you have to take time and think about it you well it also takes a certain level of like self-reflection i think um because when you look at art and this is why i think one of the laziest interpretations of art is art is supposed to make you angry like thanks richard abaddon you're fucking lazy um or it's supposed to be shocking or whatever like it's just horseshit when in reality like really you art and when you look at art and when you and that I that process of like losing yourself in someone else's creation and giving yourself to something someone else made it takes a certain level of self-awareness it takes a certain level of like self-criticism I think Mm -hmm. whether or not you want to engage with that criticism is up to you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it, it really takes a certain understanding of like where you are in relationship to what you're consuming mm hmm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's uncomfortable for a lot of people and it's easier to be like I like it I don't like it or this isn't art because it's paint splatter on a wall it's too abstract and that's why I think realism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry Frank um, we love you Frank we do I just just take a photograph <laughs> sorry it's like the worst criticism ever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I find, I don't know. It's so interesting to see you photograph Frank and Frank paint you. Ooh. That would be amazing. I wonder if next time he goes to the city, you should see. I can't imagine it's a fair trade for me to do like a portrait of him and him spend like weeks. <laughs> Let's see. Um... <laughs> It's funny, I would say, now I'm such a shut-in, now that I don't, I work from home. Mm-hmm. And I used to run into Frank. And it is funny about Frank, because he's so talented. And, like, people just uh, cannot, like, you you in town in Cleveland, people are like, oh, Frank Aridi. Oh, Frank Aridi. And then you see him, like, you'll see him at, like, a, I don't know, opening or something. He's just mm-hmm. sort of almost, like, whistling, like, wandering by. And he'll be like, hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah. I think that, I, I love I kind of love that though because this is you know one of the reasons why I don't produce like super high quality content also because it's a huge effort but I think it's important for people to be able to see and I, I will die on this hill average people make really great art oh I agree like it's the average person yeah yeah i think he's so accessible i wouldn't call him average he's a very very nice human being well it sounds Um, sounds like it sounds like a backhand neg and also sounds like a backhand compliment to myself but that's not what i mean (laughs) i think he is accessible yeah i used to say that i have really normal hair but i stopped saying that because i mean that my hair is so just mid right like it's just straight it's not like particularly thick or thin or anything Mm -hmm. um and i realized that normal that means that people are abnormal, which is not what I mean. So there's not a word for like 
Like in the middle. Silly. Yeah, you're right. They are. Yeah. They are. That's a yeah. good place to end. <laughs> it's like the third time we've said that. Um, this is the time because I have to go. It to- is. Um, yes, it's time. Uh, How do we wrap this puppy up today, Sophie? Consume things that make you feel good and don't hate follow people. And remember that you're in charge of what is beautiful, not the industries that can make money off of you. Good. Well said. Love a call to action. Um, well, shoot. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me, Seema, at Artlust, A-R-T-L-U-S-T, and... You can follow me at Darkroom Varmint, Darkroom as you'd expect, Varmint, V-A-R-M-I-N-T. You can follow the podcast at Artlust underscore podcast on TikTok. We will be releasing some content today. Uh, and you can email us. Got suggestions, you want to ask us something, you've got some art you think we should rate, yay or nay, let us know. Um, send it through. Send, or if you've got like, you've got opinions, let us know. We'll, we'll take it. I love engagement. We'll take anything. We're open to it all. I will. I mean, you know, get in while it's still a lo-fi accessible podcast. And then once that's right. Right, get in on the on the, the ground floor. Uh, ground floor. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <sighs> All right. Um, and remember, you're beautiful, no matter what. That's right. God, the breaks. beauty is on the inside. Uh, it is, and also just like you're all. We're all gonna be fucking ugly and pruny one day. So like, who cares? Um, and that's something that I also think about, right, as I get older, because I've got a chubby little face. I'm not going to wrinkle as much as all my thin counterparts, and I can't wait for the day. It's going to be like retribution. And you're like, huh. My best friend from college always says that to me. You're going to look like a skeleton, and I'm going to look good. Oh, I saw it. She says, oh, she's just funny. She's being funny. I don't think she'd be mean. Um, or she'll say, you have, you're have you so birdie, you can't get any more birdie. You know, like little bird legs. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, luck of a true friend. It is. Tough love, tough love, tough no, love. No, it's true. When I get on with my nearest and dearest, my oldest friend from uh, early high school, they're always just like, you look like shit. I'm like, thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, as always remember we're open to sponsorship opportunities you can you can pay for this silliness patreon we love makeup we um we also would love to hear from you at our email address artlustpodcast at gmail.com you can also see clips and foolish things we've said at artlust underscore podcast at tiktok.com. Thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> tiktok.com. Oh my God. You definitely have to put that. I will. Well, it's like how um, Gen Z don't call it, like, they call it the Facebook app. They don't call it yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Because it's an app, not a bit, not a website. Facebook is a homepage. For me. That's right. Not an app. That's right. I know. I love it. I do love the Facebook app. Uh, All right. I gotta go to meeting. All right.
Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.